Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. Hi, Mr. Seller. My name is so-and-so and I cannot wait to feed all of my children <laughs> in your beautiful kitchen that flows to the living room. So a seller can violate fair housing. A buyer can violate fair housing. Like all of the people can violate fair housing. Doctors and nurses, they preserve life. Yeah. We preserve home, home ownership. ownership. It right. is our oath. But I was like, wow, that was wildly inappropriate. Mm-hmm. She felt totally comfortable saying that to me. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Hi, Alyssa. Hey, Katie. It's episode number 150. Fair housing. It's time to talk about fair housing. I don't know. I had fair housing best practices. You liked don't lose your license. Fair housing. (laughs) (laughs) With fair housing. Um, I would like to preface this entire episode by saying neither of us claim to be fair housing experts. Mm -mm. We are going to do the best we can to share some helpful tips with you. Mm -hmm. And you, by all means, should continue learning about fair housing because, are you ready for the definition? It is, in fact, a federal law. Yes. This is not like a state-by-state thing. It is a federal law that um, is actually called the Fair Housing Act and also called Title VIII of the Civil Rights Act of 1968. Yes. um, Which was amended then in 1988. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it is a law. And in the law, it says the act made it illegal. 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 To discriminate in the sale, rental, and financing of dwellings and in other housing-related transactions on the grounds of race, color, religion, national origin, sex, including gender identity and sexual orientation, familial status, and disability. That's a very good definition. Did I get them all? Yes. Okay. So that's what we're working with here. Okay. And that's what we're going to talk about. How would you like to start? Um, I liked this definition of fair housing. Oh, let's hear it. Everyone has a right to adequate housing simply because they are a human being. Yeah. I think that's That's fair. That's the gist. That's That's the the gist gist of it. I also thought the history was interesting. So April 11th, 1968, President Johnson signed into law the Civil Rights Act of 1968, also known as the Fair Housing Act. Okay. This occurred one week after Martin Luther King's assassination. Oh, wow. So it was a very big deal at this time. Yeah. And obviously much needed. Mm-hmm. But basically, another way of saying fair housing is that we treat every single client the same. The same. No matter what, everybody gets the same level of service. Right. Right. 
it's also very hard to do that if you don't have systems in place. <laughs> I wrote systems in all caps. Systems. Um, <laughs> if you have systems, though, they will protect you and the public. So mm-hmm. by doing the same thing in the same way every single time, you don't have to worry that you're doing something wrong. I mean, mm-hmm. as long as your original system is fair. Mm-hmm. Um Everyone, if you're saying everyone has to give me a pre-approval letter to schedule a showing, it better be everyone, Mm -hmm. no exceptions, everyone has to give the letter. Because when you start to say, oh, yeah, you do and you don't, um, didn't we talk about this on an episode? I feel like you said there was an agent who got into a lot of trouble with this and was being investigated because someone called and said, I'd like to see a house. And he said, oh, I need your pre-approval. And then the next person called and said, I'd like to see a house. And he said, "Okay, let's go. Right. Well, you can't. Like the way that you treat sign calls, Mm -hmm. the way that you treat your phone duty calls, the way you treat a new client, that conversation has to be the same. Consistency. Yeah. And and it really should be. I mean, it's all, we we need all the same information. Well, the rules are the rules to protect, again, to protect you Mm -hmm. and your business and the public. Like just... I think that as an agent, when I hear about fair housing issues, I think like someone did something blatantly obvious. Right. And the majority of issues are usually things that are done like subconsciously. Right. Or on accident. Oh, I meant to get the definition of implicit bias. Oh. Did you, do you, are you going to look it up for me? Yeah. Okay. Or, or you know, unconscious bias. I think implicit bias. We use the term implicit bias to describe when we have attitudes towards people or certain stereotypes without even realizing that we do. Yeah. So exactly, exactly right. Um, And being aware of that is part of being able to navigate this and make sure you're doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, (laughs) As we were preparing for this episode, literally like, Looked in my in- email inbox, and five minutes prior, it's a NAR, the, the National Association of Realtors, the, the the board of directors had sent an email that said <laughs> they were in the middle of their board of directors meeting right now, and fair housing is currently in what has been for the last couple of years, a priority. Huge priority. Huge priority. So there's a big fair housing in the subject line, and um, they are working to try and pass a minimum universal fair housing education, Mm -hmm. sort of like the way we do um, our ethics requirement quadrennially. Mm -hmm. That's a hard word. Every four years. Right. (laughs) They want to add in a fair housing education requirement. So they're working on that now. It's not it's not done yet Mm -hmm. or or not agreed upon yet. But I thought that was very interesting and important to note that they are working on it. It is a priority. And if it is a priority for them, it is a it should be a priority for you. I have the top nine most common mistakes. <gasps> okay, like I love it. Them? I really do want to hear this it. This is from realtown.com. The number one, some of them, so a lot of them even have to do with landlord-tenant relationships That makes also. sense. Yeah, they still count. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, setting an occup- occupancy standard that is too low. Um, so this would basically be... Like the number of people in a unit? Yes. So that would be against families. Oh, like you couldn't say one. Kids. You can, like you have too many kids. Got it. You can't come here. Okay. Or something like that. Got it. 
Um, so that's actually, I thought that was interesting. So that's more for landlords. Okay. Number two, not accommodating a disabled applicant or resident appropriately or making accommodations for disabled clients. Got it. Example, I had a client who was deaf. Mm -hmm. To communicate with him, it was easier if I called him on the telephone because Mm -hmm. he had a service that interpreted somehow. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, what I was saying on the phone. Right. But for house showings, if I was going to show him a house, Mm -hmm. he told me it was my responsibility to provide the interpreter. Oh, how did you find that? I ended up looking it up and it was true. Like as a realtor, and this was a few years ago, I don't know if anything has changed, but I, it was my, and he had the interpreter and everything, but I, I was in charge of like he had a list of names. Right. You but just I was had to schedule them and, and pay, pay them. Pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. So things to think about. Interesting. Number three, not recognizing that fair housing impacts every step of the real estate transaction, not just sales, also landlord-tenant relationships. So we're only on number three and we're getting a lot of landlord-tenant relationships. It. Number four. Not having written procedures so that you can show consistency. Oh, yeah. Quick side note. I had a house this summer that had multiple offers. We had four. Um, We chose one, put one in place as a backup offer and rejected the other two. Mm -hmm. I soon after received notice from the Louisiana Real Estate Commission that I had been reported as discriminating against their offer. Okay. And I had, you know, 48 hours to present all of my documentation, which I had. And I sent my bullet points just saying the times that all the offers came in, Mm -hmm. the times that I responded, why we chose the offer that we chose. Please see attached offers showing Mm -hmm. which offer was rejected and why. They emailed back like the next day saying, thank you, your case has been cleared. Oh, but imagine if you did not have your documentation or if everything was done in a phone call and nothing was in writing, Mm -hmm. like having things in writing is so important. Also, in the episode, we talk about being a landlord. Yeah. How I say when one of my rentals becomes open, Mm -hmm. I try to keep it all via text or email so that I can prove that every time I got an inquiry, I said the the same same thing. You were using a templated response. I was using a templated response. Mm -hmm. Everybody got the same thing. Got it. Same thing with a new buyer. You know, asking them the same questions, sending them the pre-approval needed email, Mm -hmm. why the pre-approval is important. Number five. Not having a thorough documentation program in place and implemented, so not just keeping your communication in writing, but making sure that you got your seller to sign the rejected offer. You have, like, proof of documentation. Mm -hmm. Number six, not being consistent when working with clients, treating people differently. Number seven goes into charging a pet deposit for animal assistance. Number eight, two more, two more. Okay. Number eight, not handling disputes promptly. This could be like someone is saying you have discriminated against me or there was a sexual harassment issue. And then number nine was, I feel like they just said this, but not providing the same level of service to every client. Okay. (sighs) But it's interesting because like those are the top nine complaints that have happened recently. Yeah. 
Okay. While you were on the mint brought up, so I listened to an episode of Lee Brown. Do you know that she now has two podcasts? Oh, right. Lee. There's the crazy, you know, SHIT in real estate. Yes. And then there is real estate from the rooftops. Hmm. This was an episode episode of real estate from the rooftops um, that was titled because they don't they're not numbered. It was titled Fair Housing: What You Should Know About Buyer Love Letters. So I had buyer love letters. Since this is a hot, hot Very topic hot. right now, let's talk. We're going to talk a little bit about love letters. But one of the things she said during that podcast that resonated with me and that I wrote down, and this is not word for word, but basically she said, it is our duty. It is our duty to protect homeownership for anyone who wants to achieve it. As a realtor, it is my duty to protect just the act of homeownership for anyone that wants to achieve it. It's almost like our Hippocratic Oath. Exactly. It's doctors and nurses. They preserve life. We preserve homeownership. It is our oath. Exactly. And so that was a really good way to frame it. Like if you're picturing a multiple offer situation, even if you're the listing agent, you should make it so that your seller isn't able to violate fair housing in the way that you present the offer. You have to let it be fair to everyone. Or really, even as a buyer's agent, you have to put in the best offer and not be worried about what the, like, you should want the right person to win, right? There have been several reports and violations. Hold on, I have to, I have to fix that. Not the right person, the right offer. Yes. Carry on. Exactly. Um, where complaints have been made against agents because they took buyer love letters into consideration. Hey, Mr. Seller, we're in a bidding war on your house. Please see attached photo of how cute our family is. And this is what we look like. And this is how many kids we have. Right. All sorts of violations right there. So many. And what Lee was saying in the episode about love letters, same thing. She said, here's an, she said, there's nothing wrong with a love letter to a seller of a house. If it is written correctly, which would be, first of all, anonymous. It couldn't have the name of the buyer. Mm-hmm. Base. I mean, obviously, I'm going to get to that part, but hold on. She said it would be okay for you to say, hi, Mr. Seller, we really love your home, or I really love your home. The flow of the kitchen into the living room is great. <laughs> would love to buy it. Yes. Okay, the yes. end. The not okay version would be, hi, Mr. Seller. My name is, you know, so-and-so, and I cannot wait to feed all of my children <laughs> in your beautiful kitchen that flows to the living room, okay? Or you could be even more ridiculous. Like, I can't wait to have over my- I can't tell you how many I've gotten that say, we can't wait to start our family here. Yeah, we can't. I can't wait to have over my church group. Yes. Like, whatever, y'all. Yes. All wrong. Now, here's the problem as a listing agent. I, I don't want to even read them. Right. Because I don't want to. Ha- so it, the, it needs to be on you as a buyer's agent to tell me, I am familiar with fair housing. I, pr- I have edit- reviewed this letter from my buyer and I assure you as best I could, it does not violate fair housing because mm-hmm. I don't want to have to read it because then I've seen it. Yeah. Right. Yes. So I don't even want to see it. But here's the, the detail that she shared, Lee, in this episode that I thought was pretty smart. And I think I will start doing. She says, you should even be blocking out the names on contracts when you're deciding, like when you're sending to your seller multiple offers to review, you should be blocking out the names. Because she said, and I agree, you know those sellers, if they want to, can Google, LinkedIn, do whatever, Facebook, stalk, And they do. And they do. And then they whether do. you... In, 
whether you did that or not, you allowed them to violate fair housing, mm -hmm. right? So like you just take it off the table, mm -hmm. tell them the details of the offer only. Here's the terms. And yes. remove the name. Like, I don't know what's on our last page of our contract, but I feel like you could just pull the last page. Yeah, just put a big white box over yeah, it. Yeah, and just not even like not mm -hmm. even have that as a as an option. So they have to pick. Now obviously once they select an offer and it's time to sign, they have to see yes, the names yes. and the signatures. But they don't need that up until that point. The other thing she mentioned that would be fine and a, helpful in a love letter would be, hi, you know, Mr. Seller, I am Susie Linder. I sit right next to my processor and underwriter, and I assure you, we have pulled all of the records for this type of loan for this buyer, and they are good to go, or whatever. Okay. Just like maybe a maybe a lender assurance, yeah, which we ask for typically yeah, as do. a listing agent, but as a buyer's agent, that would be a good thing to provide, right? Okay. What are your other thoughts on love letter? Oh, because of the implicit bias, which we have just described is what comes into play. I took a class recently that said it wouldn't be a bad idea in your showing instructions to put buyer love letters will not be considered. Don't even send it. Can like, I tell as you a, a story? agent asking it not to be sent. I have a story. Okay. I got a, I had a house this year, multiple offers, nine offers. Two came with buyer love letters. One buyer's agent said, like in all caps, I have, I understand if you do not want to share this letter, read or share this letter with your seller. Like I'm I'm attaching it at the urging of my buyer. I understand if you don't. Okay, great. The other one had that had a buyer love letter, put it as the first page of the offer. Attached. Was adamant that I shared it and it for sure, because I couldn't get around not seeing it, and what she said to me verbally on the phone violated this fair yeah. housing, right? Like yeah. what, what was said in the letter wasn't allowed. Yes. So I did not share it with my seller because I couldn't help that I have seen it, but I don't have to pass it on. Mm -hmm. And it was funny to me because it was experiencing a love letter from two different perspectives. I love that one agent was like, hey, I totally get it. If you don't yeah. want to send this on, fine, no problem. And the other one was like kind of ugly it, about it and yeah. made it really hard for me to do my job correctly. Mm -hmm. And so I felt frustrated. And guess who got the house? Right. Exactly. Not the one who was not nice to me, although sure. their offer was not the best. Yeah. The best offer got the house. Great. Right? Wonderful. Best offer. That's what else? how it should be. What else you got on the love letter? That was just the main thing, okay. was saying that buyer love letters will not be considered. Right. And Please we're not submit gonna... your highest and best offer with all pre-approval oh, documents remarks. needed. Yeah. Yes. And you could put it in your realtor remarks. Mm -hmm. You could put it in showing instructions, wherever you need to put it. Yeah. I'm not going to go into this deeply, but they are still engrossed, embroiled, I don't know, in the legal battle over love letters in Oregon. Mm -hmm. Like they outlawed them. And now I think there's maybe they've not out. Like, I don't even know where it's at. But hey, Alyssa. Hey, Katie. What do we mention almost every episode Email templates. You're right. We sure do. <laughs> and after every time we mention an email template, do you know what we get? Emails asking if they can have <laughs> copies of the email template. Can you send me a copy of that template? I sure. have never had one like that. That sounds great. And you know what the good news is? What? 
You can get all of our email templates from our course, Email Templates 101. Tell the people about it. Our course has all of the email templates you would need to send to your buyers and your sellers and your clients that are buying and selling at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> to get through every step of the transaction and giving them information that they need for where they are in the transaction. It's great because you never forget to tell them something. Yes, and we've already done all the work for you. Yeah. We wrote them and yeah. you can personalize them. Yes. And just feel organized knowing that you have all the information where it needs to be. And if you purchase Email Templates 101, you do get lifetime access. So occasionally we like to go in and make updates based on the market or if we find a new best practice. And we put that right into the template and you get that updated straight away. It just goes straight to your course. Yep. Right, it's, it's just there. It's, it's just already there. in there. It's just already there. in there. You don't even have to worry about it. We'll That's send wonderful. you an email and we'll say updated. That's great. Where can they find these email templates? You can find the email templates at email templates with an S 101.com email templates 101.com yes head over for reviews and all of the specifics wonderful okay enjoy well the big thing too it kind of goes back to accidentally violating fair housing sellers you know they're selling their home they want to know who's buying it are we getting good neighbors yeah, that statement right there bad. is a bad statement. Mm -hmm. um, I've also had issues with doorbell cameras. People oh. are scoping out who's coming in the house. Yeah, and you really can't control what that. kind of cars are they driving mm -hmm. and what are they talking about? What are they saying about the house? You know, they're they're looking and they're yeah. they can't help but develop opinions on right. who they want to sell their house to because Ugh. they're emotionally attached to their house. So hard. So technology and all of this is making fair housing. I mean, it's not a thing of the past. No, and it's not it's fair. actually, you know, like, revamping. Right. It's it's getting more difficult. It is. To navigate fairly. Mm -hmm. Oh, so hard. Um okay, I also um was looking at, you know, when Here's something important. Okay. Fair housing is not a law that applies to realtors only. Right. It it applies to all humans in this country. It's a federal so law. It is a federal law. So a seller can violate fair housing. Mm -hmm. A buyer can violate fair housing. Like all of the people can violate fair housing. But one of the things that I read was, you know, when your buyer asks you questions that you cannot answer instead of being coy about it. So like if they ask you about schools or neighborhood safety or crime, instead of just being like, oh, I don't know, you can then use that as an opportunity to open up that dialogue and say, listen, there is a law. It is the fair housing law. This is what it is for. And this is why it is illegal for me to offer my opinion of this question you have just asked me. Right. Why do we pretend like it doesn't exist? Let them know this is why. And mm -hmm. that way you've kind of opened that dialogue. It also recommended if you do any type of buyer consult that it would be a good idea to just bring it up and let yes. them know what that was. Because yes. not everyone knows. So it's helpful, I think, to just kind of share that. Yeah, I agree. Okay. What else do you have? Um, a lot of the things to think about are when your buyers are telling you what they want in a house. Mm -hmm. um, like if an Italian says, I just want to be in an Italian community. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't 
That's the example that was used in the in, course. In the, <laughs> this is your national origin? Yeah. Okay. That was the example. They used Italians. Um, we we actually have to say, like, look, it's up to you to do that research on what's important to you. All I need to know is what neighborhood you like, what area are you looking in. Right. The like, black and white stuff. Yes. Like, I can't give you – like, and we can speak – based off of value of homes like yes. you can say a this neighborhood, neighborhood is, has depreciated yeah. in value but if you're going to say that it better have yeah you better have actual data, data charts data. showing hey this i don't know if it would be a good you can speak in terms of investment standpoint financial standpoint um People don't know, but but especially when they're new to the area, that's when they ask, well, how is the crime here? Right. Is this a safe neighborhood? Yeah. And it is our job to say, listen, per my licensing law, I start off a lot of <laughs> questions, answers. Yes, answers that way. Per my licensing law, I actually cannot comment on that. However, here are the resources. Here is right. the well, that's what local I was law say. enforcement Give website. Give them the resource. Make it easy for them. Don't just say, I don't know, or I can't tell you. Mm-hmm. Say, well, he, go, here's the website you can go to for local crime statistics. Like, right. not my website. I can't tell you. Yes. But I can tell you how to find it. Mm-hmm. That's perfectly acceptable. Yeah, I think providing the resources is helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I have six tips for keeping your marketing legal. Let's do that. Okay. We're going to preface this by, and you will understand once you start to hear this. I don't know if any of you have ever placed a Facebook ad, (laughs) but Facebook is well aware of what the fair housing rules are. They are the most up to date. They are like the police. They will not let you, you know, you can't pick a zip code, for instance, to send an ad. You'd have to pick like a 25 mile radius. You know, you can't pick like other other Facebook ads that are not housing related can pick ages or because it's obviously you can't target a five-year-old for for like a liquor or whatever. But you cannot target almost basically nothing. Right. Okay. So Facebook will police you a little bit whether you know how to police yourself. Um, But these are the six tips for keeping your marketing legal. And these are from 2018. So I'm sure some of it may have changed a little bit, but the law hasn't changed. So should be mm-hmm. correct. Um, number one, never use targeted marketing that excludes a specific protected class. This is why you can't just target anything, any, especially any of the protected classes. But Facebook won't let you target anything. Yes. They're like, no, thank Keep you. Keep it vague. Um, number two, know your state and local laws. Okay, so I did not know that certain states will have additional protected classes. Yeah, and additional, like, laws and rules. So I didn't know that either. Yeah. But I don't – maybe ours is just kind of in line with the federal law. But either way, you've got to hold your up your bargain to the federal law and your state and local law. Number three, consider working with a digital marketing firm that knows the regulations. Hmm. So instead of you trying to figure out how to – create an ad that follows all of the laws, maybe you find a digital marketing firm that can help you. Yeah. Okay. Number four, even if your listing is on the MLS, it might not get to a certain segment of the market. So you have to try and think of, this article said, like other ways that you would share your listing. I'm not really familiar with how that would work. Maybe I don't know. I, I mean, it didn't say, but it basically said just be mindful that you're just because it's in the MLS, it may not be getting to a certain segment of the market. And then I guess that would get into like maybe people are trying to do more advertising on Facebook or other things, but making sure you're not targeting a specific right. group. Exactly. 
Number five, um, if you see a post that could be a fair housing violation, said do not comment, do not like, do not do anything to the post, share, just screenshot it and alert the authorities. <laughs> I was like, oh. That's serious. Okay. But I do think that in situations where things have gotten dicey, we're all in realtor groups and whatnot, the people think that they need to engage and it seems to make it worse. Yeah, you yeah, no. Right. No engaging. No engaging and fighting over it. Right. Just do the right thing and maybe report it and move along. Yeah, exactly. Um, Number six was brokers must require consistency in how agents market. So if one agent uses the equal housing opportunity logo on their card, then they have to, the whole brokerage, everyone has to do that. So um, this also brought up advertising on Facebook again. And I thought this was an interesting point. If, because the algorithm has changed and people don't really get to see your business page, if you start sharing repeatedly um, marketing or listings or whatever on your personal page Mm -hmm. on Facebook, you have to have all the required business info on there. So if you need your broker's info or whatever, it's telling you not just having it on your business page isn't enough, that you also need to have it on that post or that personal page. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was interesting. That is. That's all I got on the tips for marketing. Okay. I have five tips for agents. They're pretty good. Well, let's hear them. The first one is obviously know your laws and how to follow them. That goes back to does your specific city or state have laws other than what is required federally? Mm -hmm. Number two, be mindful with your property listings. Oh, so we do not need to be saying things like the perfect family home. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. Don't say you can't even senior say senior living, time buyer, first time think. home buyer. Mm-hmm. Um, senior living. Yeah, you can't say senior living. It's you can't. Um, bachelor pad. None of that. Anything that describes who the house would be the perfect fit for needs to be totally eliminated. Mm-hmm. Um, so just stick to describing the property. Right. The end. Just the facts, ma'am. No great family neighborhood. No, I don't need to. Mm. No. Um, it said, number three, you may be tested at any time. They do have testers, like certain commissions are more active yeah. than others, mm-hmm. but that will call real estate companies to get who are ever on phone duty. Yeah. And did you ask, like they may get People with different accents that call you to see if you ask the same questions and follow the same protocol. And if you fail that test, I mean, that's a big deal. It's a big deal. If you get caught violating this, like, yeah, you're going to be looking at some pretty serious consequences. Um, Let the buyers be the judge. So they need to be the ones, like, if this is important to them, they need to do their own research and figure out what's important for their family. And you just report back to me, kind of like we said, with, you know, what you need in a, in a home property-wise, right. like what I can search for in my criteria. Mm-hmm. You, Mr. Buyer, are in charge of researching crime, researching what school district this is, and all of that. Watch out for seller violations is number five. This was five tips. And that is sellers saying things like, find me a good neighbor or like, you know, their neighbors or let's let's get our neighbors a good new neighbor. Um, Also, 
mentioning the doorbell camera and whatnot, but people just say things and they don't even realize what a violation. It seems innocent, but it's not. It's not, right. Um, I will share my story, but I'll remove said designators. Okay. Okay. So I was taking a listing is actually uh, my husband's grandmother's house. <laughs> and um, she knew all of her neighbors. They were all very lovely and kind and, and friends and friendly. And they were older. I mean, obviously, she was going to move into assisted living. Okay. So, you know, she was older. And um, one day we're there and we're getting ready to list the house. And the neighbor comes over and tells me that she really needs me to make sure <laughs> that only a certain religion, or more importantly, that a certain religion was excluded from living there. And she just could not handle it. And I was like, oh, what is happening here? Yeah. And I had to say, I'm so sorry. This entire, like, th that is a violation of fair housing. On your behalf, I, I, I certainly am not going to do that because I know fair housing law, but it is also illegal for you to do that. So yeah. we're going to let whoever makes the best offer get this house. Yes. Please leave me alone. Mm -hmm. But I was like, wow, that was wildly inappropriate. Mm -hmm. She felt totally comfortable saying that to me. I didn't know her. People say things. It just makes you so surprised. But I think that as professionals, it is our job to end it quickly. And be an authority. Yes. I am the authority. I am saying to you, this is a violation of fair housing. We are not going to have this conversation. You need to move on mm -hmm. from me. And we are not going to be friends. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> We are not going to be friends. We are not going to be friends. I was like, wow, that was intense. Yeah. Um, we also learned that April is the um, Fair National Fair Housing Month. Mm -hmm. So we did just kind of miss it. This yeah. is going to air, I think, in June. Um, but next year, we would like to cover it again because, again, we are not experts. Um, but we would like to bring in an expert yeah, so on if, fair housing. Yeah, if, you, if you are or know a fair housing expert, please send us a message so mm -hmm. we can get someone in here who can maybe dive a little bit deeper into it. I think both of us were a little bit nervous that we wanted to do it justice, but mm -hmm. not, um, you know, speak out of turn, if you will. Yeah. So it would be nice to have a, a real expert. But I think it's a good time. reminder. It's just a reminder that this is important. Very important. You are being watched and there are people out there. We just had an agent in our office list a rental that got 40 applications Holy on it. Holy moly. Okay. He made a spreadsheet oh. and, you know, looked at all of the things. Mm -hmm. But of course, someone, one of the declined applicants filed a fair housing complaint against him for discrimination. And he had to, he, luckily he had all of his documentation showing like their application and why they were denied. And it was not based on any of the protected classes. Right. So he was fine. But it all goes back to, do you have your documentation in place? Right. Are you keeping good records? And are you treating and speaking to everyone the same? The That's same. why I think templates are so important. Right. Because it allows me to treat every buyer and seller, every person that ever reaches out to me to say, hey, I'm interested yeah. in buying and selling. I'm always, great. What's your email? Yeah, they Let get me the send same you information. Yes. They Everybody. get the same information. I, I agree. It's just the consistency part. And again... It's not just a matter of you covering yourself to not get into trouble. It really is our duty to the public to help protect home ownership. So mm -hmm. these are important things to do so that everyone who, just like Lee said, anyone who wants to achieve home ownership, that we are giving them that opportunity. So mm -hmm. we don't want to make it harder for anyone. We want to try and protect that 
that um, ability to, to own a home. Yes. Because that is apparently the American dream. It is, in fact. That's what they say. Mm -hmm. That's the people say. Do you have anything else on this topic? I think just be, like you said, being the authority, having the confidence to stand up for what is right, having the confidence to educate the public. Yeah. A lot of the people that say these things, they don't even realize what they're saying is wrong. And it's our job to just educate and explain why this is a big deal. Speak up. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's the only way that it'll all get better. Yeah. Well, we just need to try to improve. And so if you can be part of the solution yes. and not the problem, that would be ideal. I agree. Uh, so I hope everyone listens to this episode because I think we're all afraid and and, and have the best of intentions, right? Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully our listeners have the best of intentions. But you just need to be mindful. Those that don't have the best of intentions, it'll be a natural weeding out process. <laughs> You won't make it. I agree. And you won't make it. You can't survive this business if you're not operating correctly. No doubt. Um, Are you ready for a toast? Yes. Okay. This toast comes to us from Rachel Wilkins in San Diego, California. Neat. She said, I would like to toast my husband, Lee Wilkins. He has supported my career from the beginning. He encouraged me to leave my dental hygiene career to jump into real estate full time. Mm. That's cool. When I have those insecure days and I'm nervously heading out to an appointment to meet someone for the first time, he looks at me and says, babe, you are amazing. Just be yourself. (laughs) Aw. How great is Lee? Yeah. He says, it, he says, people will love you for who you are. That's true. He usually follows up by praying over me. I'm so <laughs> thankful for him. Toast to Lee and all the spouses that support our crazy schedules, crazy hours, and constant ups and downs. Perfect. Perfecto. Thank you to Rachel. And well, cheers to Lee. Yeah, that's wonderful. What a supportive husband. Cheers. Okay, cheers. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. Let us know who we should toast to for the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode, topic, or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See you next week. Bye. This is the good life.